Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Above Par. Hope you guys are having a beautiful week, doing all kinds of fun things towards the end of August. Summer is wrapping up if you're in that part of the country. People in Florida are like, please get me through August, get into some cooler weather. So wherever you are, I hope you're enjoying your August. A lot of club championships going on. And if you didn't see my post that I had about some tips for club championships, in case you have one coming up, make sure you check out my Instagram at Kathy Hartwood or TikTok with Kathy Hartwood, I think. (laughs) I'll make sure the links are in the uh, show notes. So I do want to give another shout out. You know, on my website, I have a contact where you can send me a note and let me know how you're doing. Or if you have any questions, you can go to my homepage at kathyhartwood.com. So I have a couple there and I just wanted to just give him a shout out for reaching out to me. So this one is for Matt. He just said that he was turned out of my podcast from a friend and that he was basically struggling with certain players in his group. And he listened to my podcast and he said, so I listened to a bunch of them back to back to back. <laughs> Binged them. They're not very long, so you guys can do that, right? You can listen to them really quickly and you can listen to them over and over again when something is uh, resonates with you versus super long podcasts. They have their place, but I don't think in this stuff. <laughs> I actually used a lot of your advice to block out and steer, my formula, steer, my way out of letting their annoying habits ruin my game, scored well, and had a far more enjoyable round. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, really, isn't that what it's all about? <laughs> Score a little better and have more fun. And we could do that through managing our minds and not letting outside influences like people and weather and conditions and things out of our control affect us. That's just part of managing your brain. All right, the next one's from Diane. She said, Kathy, I've been catching up on all your podcasts from last year. I'm into May of 2022. Come on, Diane. (laughs) Let's go. We can binge those guys. She said, I was down five after the front nine. My opponent began negative talking on the 10th tee and kept saying she hated the back and didn't play well back there. Well, I kept repeating your three C's and won the next six holes in a row. I allowed her to continue her negative talk as you discussed in one of your podcasts. We tied 16. I won 17 and won the Lady Cup two up. I just had to tell you my story and how you helped my handicap drop from 25 to 21 so far. Thank you so much for your wisdom, and I will continue catching up with your podcast. Love listening. All right, Diane, that is amazing. And listen, four shots is a big deal. That's a big drop in your handicap in one season. So way to go, way to put in the work. And this is the thing that's so amazing, is we get bought into the story that I need to go to the range and I need to practice more, take more lessons and do more drills and beat more balls and all the things. And I'm not saying that you didn't do that and that wasn't a component in it, but you can save so many shots just by managing your mind. And the way that you know you can save shots is when you're in your own way, when you're not standing over a shot and you're not calm and you're not certain and you're not confident, you're letting outside people bother you, you're letting talking bother you and it's getting in your way, you're not taking all the talent out that you already own before we go and start up-leveling our game and taking it to another level. And I don't care if you're a 36 handicap or you're a plus six handicap. We all have the same brain. We're dealing with the same things. Because I promise you, as you go from a 36 to a 30, you're taking that brain with you and you want to up-level it. And then as you go from a 30 to a 25 and all the way down to single digits, you've got to take a different version of yourself with you. 
Because the brain that you have right now, the way that it's allowing things outside of you to influence you, the way that you're believing in your own talent and your ability to go out and play, the way that you're listening to your own crappy thoughts, how often you're listening to them, how aware you are of actually what's going on in your head, how good you are at dealing with emotions out on the golf course and off of the golf course are going to influence your performance. And so as you go to that next level and that next version of yourself, you want to take a new version of your brain with you because the brain you have right now is creating the results you have right now. Now, we might hit a point of diminishing returns as far as the level of skill set that we have for, you know, for the amount of time we can put into it and our own physical abilities, but you want to be able to go out and take all the talent that you own right now, right? That's pretty satisfying. And then you can have fun in the process of learning how to improve those skills and up-level those skills, but knowing that you're not keeping what you own right now from the golf course and performing well and enjoying the round. So anyway, thank you for those two notes. You can go to my website, kathyhartwood.com, and you can send me a message on how you're doing or if you have any questions, I love to hear from you. I answer all of them. Make sure you go there and check that out. Love to hear from you. All right, so today, a little fun podcast. (laughs) Okay, I think it's fun. You might not think it's so fun because I kind of make some fun names to just drive home the point that we have different characteristics and personality types in golf. And I've categorized them into six. And I want to categorize them this way because I believe very strongly that how we do one thing, we do everything. Because you have one brain, the things that you're doing on the golf course are showing up off the golf course in your everyday life. And some of the things that you're doing in your everyday life are showing up on the golf course. Sometimes we just don't see it and we don't recognize it. But if you can up-level one of these, you up-level all of them. So I'm going to categorize them in a way that I just want you to just ask yourself if that's me, if those are some things that I do. You might find yourself in different categories for sure. I think most of us will fall into different categories, but I would encourage you to just to kind of pay attention to the one that is the most prevalent the one that you see the most, the one that really hits home or the one that stings a little bit when when I say it. And I just made some fun titles to these because I was trying to make alliterations out of them. So don't get offended by any of them. (laughs) They're just something that is easy for you to remember, right? So the first one is the anxious athlete. And you are an anxious athlete if you worry about your score, you worry about what other people think, you may be nervous about making mistakes on the golf course. Some days are definitely better than others. Some days you feel really, really anxious and other days not so much, but you can feel like it controls you versus you controlling it. Sometimes you can't wait for the round to be over just so you can get relief from the anxiety and the nervousness. You can feel at the effect of your day and your game. And if you're nervous in the beginning, you might get off to a bad start struggle with those first few holes, or you might start getting anxious towards the end and struggle with the end of the round as well. Now, all of us have a tendency to get a little anxious at the beginning of a round, first tee jitters. That's a little bit different than this. An anxious person has a really hard time just calming down on the golf course. Their nerves really play a big role. You might find this off the golf course too. You might have moments of anxiety that control you versus you controlling it. You might worry a lot about different things off of the golf course or worry about what other people think, right? Just see if you can see the similarities in that. So that's the anxious athlete. The next one is the perfect performer. So the perfect performer is someone who has very high expectations of yourself. You're intolerant of mistakes, misses, or bad rounds. You have a fear of failure, fear of embarrassing yourself, fear of posting your score. You might practice a lot, perhaps even to an obsession. You may love TrackMan and all the data that it provides, analyzing it and analyzing it. You worry about what other people think. 
You worry about their perception of you and your score and your ability and your reputation and your identity and all those things that might go with it. And at the end of the round, you can have a tremendous feeling of disappointment or that you're not good enough or that you failed in some way. So a perfect performer is a perfectionist for the most part. We can actually breed perfectionism in golf with all the data going on and all the practice and all the gadgets that we can use. But off of the golf course too, you're probably going to find ways that you're very intolerant of mistakes or that things need to be perfect or they need to be perfect, particularly if other people are going to see them or judge them. So in other words, at your house, you might have a closet. You're like, yeah, I don't care. I'm really not a perfectionist. Look at my closet. It's a mess. I don't care. Yeah, but nobody's opening the closet and seeing it. But if somebody was going to open the closet and say, I want to look at that closet, if you could feel your heart race or like all of a sudden you get very nervous and your thoughts immediately go to that they're going to judge you because it's not perfect, then there's likely some perfectionism playing in your life, right? You have people come over to your house and everything needs to be perfect or you're hosting a party or something. Everything needs to be perfect but other areas of your life are not so perfect. So it doesn't mean as a perfectionist is you're just a perfectionist across every dimension of your life. It's usually regarding things that other people will see and therefore judge you about and therefore give you an opportunity to feel like you're a failure or that you're not good enough or you meet standards. So if that resonates with you, just look for different areas where it's on the golf course and off the golf course. All right, the third one is the angry am or the pissed pro. just in case some golf pros are listening to this. So the angry am also has very high expectations. You're easily frustrated with conditions or people. You might keep your frustrations inside until it boils over and you might lose it. We can have a tendency to blame others for our own anger and how we're feeling. We project it onto other people and we say it's their fault if they didn't do this or if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be so angry. We can get quickly irritated with bad breaks and bounces or slow play or things outside of us. We can snap into a little bit of anger and irritation very quickly. And a lot of times when people are angry, it hangs out for a while. It's challenging often for us to get over it right away or quickly. And usually anger comes from one of two things. We either have an injustice that was served and we feel like we've been wronged in some way. That would be like a bad bounce or we got a bad break or we're at the effect of a tea time or slow play or someone talking in our backswing. We get angry about that or we really have high expectations and we didn't meet them. And the other thing I want to say about anger is we can also use anger as a way of reacting to other emotions. We could feel shame or we could feel disappointment and it comes out as anger. But this is likely something that is also happening for you at the go- off the golf course. You might sit there and go, yeah, but I'm not an angry person. Or I'm not angry because I don't throw clubs. And I'm not saying you react to your anger. I'm not saying you're throwing a club, you're breaking a club, you're smashing windows or doing all the things. That's reacting to your emotions, right? A lot of times we hold our emotions inside. I mean, you might at some point just lose it, but you might also say, I'm not angry because I'm not breaking a club or throwing a club. That's not the same thing. Anger is not reacting to your emotion. Anger is something that you feel inside of yourself. And you may have moments outside the golf course where you don't manage your anger very well, or your frustration or your annoyance. And it's just nice to see the parallel in that. So the fourth one is the people pleasing player. <laughs> I might be the only one who loves my names. Okay, so this is a person who is definitely worrying about what other people are thinking, maybe in your group or at your club or people who might be watching you online. You worry about what they're thinking about you and your score. You often put your needs and wants on the back burner to make sure that they are happy and taken care of and content and have great thoughts about you. 
You can feel judged about your game and yourself and what you're doing, very self-conscious. You might find yourself easily turning down invitations to go play because you are worried about being judged by other people. You can also say yes to invitations that you really don't want to say yes to because you don't want to disappoint other people. You might at times feel embarrassed about your game or your score. You might have a fear of embarrassment. And ultimately, you can experience a lot of resentment as you do things for other people at your own expense. And this is what I want to tell you. If you are a people pleaser on the golf course, you are definitely a people pleaser off the golf course. You're going to see where this shows up in your life, whether it's with your family or friends and noticing if you have that emotion of resentment or fear of embarrassment, or you worry about what other people think, or you try to go out and manipulate. I know that sounds like a harsh word. We try and control other people's opinions of ourselves. We don't do what we want. We do what we think they want so that they don't have a negative opinion of us. So if this is something that is resonating with you, just look at where you do it on the golf course, how it's costing you your best performance and enjoyment and how it's affecting your off course life too. Okay. So the next one is the choke and chopper. So the choke and chopper is someone who puts a lot of pressure on themselves and their golf game. You might hear the phrases, I need to, and I have to make shots and hit putts and hit fairways. Your results mean a lot to you. You put a lot of pressure on your results, on your score. There's a lot of consequence involved if you don't perform well. You may have blow up holes during the round, or you may not finish very well as you put a lot of pressure on yourself coming down the stretch. You may struggle to focus and stay present at moments. You might feel like you make a lot of stupid mistakes because what happens in those moments is we just don't have access to that part of the brain to help us focus because we're so wrapped up with pressure. And when we have pressure, it cuts off access to that part of the brain. So you can play with pressure and I'm not calling you a choker. I'm just using that as a phrase. And you might just find that you're just getting in your own way. You can feel that pressure come on. You don't know how to redirect it. You're not focusing very well. You hear the phrases I need to and I have to. And basically, you're going to be getting in your own way. Whenever you're having pressure, whenever you're feeling pressure, it is going to show up in your body. You're going to squeeze the club tighter and you're not going to focus and it's going to mess up your tempo. So the chances of you being able to make your best swings in those moments is is very low. Doesn't mean you can't. It's just an effortful way to go about it. And this is the thing about choking choppers, right? People who put a lot of pressure on themselves on the golf course is that off of the golf course, you might argue with me, but I handle pressure so well off of the golf course. I really, I, you know, when pressure situations come up, I'm the person to go to. And this is what I want to tell you. If that is you, if you handle pressure really well in different scenarios off the golf course, whether it's work with your family, maybe in other sports where you really were able to zone in, then what I want to tell you is pay attention to exactly what is going on. What are you doing and what are you saying to yourself in those moments that you're not saying to yourself on the golf course? Because in those moments, if you were saying, I need to do this or else, or I have to do this or else, which is what we do when we're on the golf course, then likely you wouldn't perform as well. You drop into a level of calmness and determination and motivation by what you say to yourself in those areas where you really thrive off of the golf course and use those skills, figure out how to redirect them to something that is on the golf course as well. Okay. And then the last one I have is the doubtful duffer. This is someone whose confidence may come and go. You may feel like if I'm hitting it well, then I can have confidence. I'm not hitting it very well. I don't have confidence. So it ebbs and flows. It can ebb and flow throughout a round. It can ebb and flow from round to round. But a lot of times we make it dependent on how we're hitting it. You may be very indecisive. You might question your club selection or the yardage or how you hit a shot or how you read the green. You may still be making decisions over the golf ball. You may have a tendency to tinker with your swing after a bad shot. So you try and fix it and think something's gone wrong. 
You may overthink your swing. You may get overwhelmed with a ton of thoughts in your head while you're out there playing. You have a tendency to be very critical of yourself. You beat yourself up. You can often run to the range to search for the answer or go to YouTube or take more lessons or read books trying to search for the answer because you're very unsure of what you're doing on the golf course. So off the golf course, you might feel like a very confident person, like you feel very secure. You know what you're doing, or you may not, right? You might have low self-esteem or self-worth or think, think that you're good enough in different areas and golf really just will reveal a lot of that to you. Or it could be that you're going through certain stages of learning the game where we're just not very confident. When we're learning skills, when we're still trying to figure out this game, if you're a new golfer, you're not going to be very confident you know what you're doing. That's a natural part of learning a new skill, right? We don't know how to do it. We have to think a lot about it, right? Just give yourself a little bit of credit that as you learn that, that becomes a little bit more certain and golf becomes a little bit more automated. Or you're not really clear on how you build confidence because that is a skill that you want to work on every single day. It is an emotion, it is a feeling, it is a, is a state of being that you manage with your thoughts. So you want to be really aware of what you say to yourself because you're either moving yourself closer to confidence or further away from confidence. And I promise you, confidence has nothing to do with your ability to hit good golf shots or know if you're going to hit a good go golf shot. Confidence has to do with knowing that you're going to have your own back no matter what happens and you're going to figure it out. And when you can go out with that state of being, then your golf game is going to show up so much better. But that is something that you want to practice on and off the golf course, building your confidence, protecting your confidence, not let yourself nick away at your confidence throughout the day by the things that you say to yourself. All right, my friends, those were my six little golf characters. See if you can find yourself in there somehow on the golf course and off the golf course and find the one that really resonates with you. There's some overlap in there for sure, but pick one. That's your work. That's your work for your life and that's your work for your golf game. Everything is going to up level. If you can learn how to manage one of these characteristics a little bit better, it doesn't have to be awesome, but any little step in the right direction is going to dramatically affect your golf game and your life. Because ultimately, all of these are about how we get to feel. That's all that really matters. We don't want to feel anxious. We do want to feel confident. We don't want to feel like a failure. We don't want to feel resentment when we're people-pleasing. We don't want to worry about what other people are thinking. We want to play with more calm, certainty, and confidence. And I promise that's available to you when we start tackling some of these different characteristics that we have on and off the golf course. All right, if I can help you, if you want to find more information, make sure you go to kathyhartwood.com. And I hope you have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.